Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We are going to be reading out of Romans chapter 12 tonight. I'm going to keep it nice, nice and short tonight. I'll be reading the first two verses of chapter 12. So starting in verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everyone say transformed. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amazing. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you. We're just thankful that you love us in this place right now. We thank you for that truth, God. And I I just pray that as we dive into your word in this moment, in these next few moments, that you would stir our hearts, God that you'd help us to have a better understanding of what it looks like to live a sacrificial life for your glory, Jesus. We thank you for this time, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. So if you're taking notes tonight, I want to continue our series of who we are Before I I give you the title, I want to explain the series that we're still in. We are in a series called Who We Are. And this is the DNA and the culture behind the exchange ministry, this this college and young adults ministry. And I've really been enjoying it, and I'm excited to continue it tonight. So if you're taking notes, I want to preach a message entitled, My Life is an Offering. My Life is an an offering. I'm believing God is going to help us gain a better understanding of what it looks like to live a life of worship. And I'm believing he's going to do that in the next few moments. So I love this scripture that we read earlier, although we only read two two verses of it. Uh, It's beautiful. This passage has a few key words that I, I just want us to unpack for a moment. The first is in the first verse. So it says, present your bodies, referencing to your body and your soul, which belongs to God, as a living sacrifice. So those are the two words that I want us to focus on first. And firstly, I'm thankful that, I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful that it says living sacrifice. Because that, that no longer means that we have to follow by the Old Testament sacrificial system, right? I'm going out into the land and finding a goat and, and killing it for the atonement of our sins. We've moved past that because we have Jesus, and I'm thankful. Is anyone thankful in the room that we have Jesus? I'm so thankful. We don't, we don't have to worry because we have Jesus because he gave his life as a holy sacrifice for all of humanity, for all of our sin. Thanks to Jesus We don't have to worry. He gave his life so it was possible to live a new life in him. We know this because of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 20. This is the ESV. It says, For you were bought with a price. 
So glorify God in your body. So it's not any type of sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. So we have been brought from death to life in Christ, which is good news tonight. And we offer, we offer our whole life as an offering of praise, which flows into some other key words in this, in this verse, which is spiritual worship. So let's read it again. Let's look back. Starting in verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So living every part of your life for God is actually spiritual worship and extending adoration and praise to God. And this is a lifestyle. It's actually a lifestyle. Part of that lifestyle is prayer and reading the word. But you better believe that it's also singing praises to God. And singing to God praises comes with an outward display of what is happening on the inside, which is beautiful. And because of that, we do not have a problem being expressive in worship, right? We're excited to worship God because we have an idea of how much God loves us. We could never fully understand it, but we have an idea, which is amazing. So our culture here, I just want to explain this for a moment. Our culture at the exchange is that we actually are expressive in worship, and some of you might have saw that just earlier, which was super encouraging. I, I took a moment and kind of peeked on you guys in the middle of worship. There's so many people just letting go and surrendering to God. And I loved it. There's so many hands lifted high and singing out with, and without any reservation, which was beautiful. And I wanted to speak on that a bit. So this expression, we're, 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 we're expressive with our worship. And we're, we're not hiding how thankful we are for Jesus. So when it comes to this category, we don't hold back. Maybe you are new and you're, you're wondering why you saw some people raising their hands in worship. When, when we lift our hands in worship, it, is actually, it actually signifies a few things. So I wanted to go through it a little bit. We, we don't have it all together. God does. So it's an act of humbleness and surrender. So lifting up your hands in worship is admitting that you don't have it all together and, and you're, you're relying on God. So it's supplication. It's, it's, it's a humble surrender towards God. That's a sign of surrender. And it's beautiful. And I wanted to read some scripture in Psalms. Actually, a couple of scriptures from Psalms. So Psalm 63, starting in verse 2. This is David speaking to God. And it says, I have seen you in the sanctuary. Beheld your power and your glory, because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise. Other translations say, I will bless you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift my hands. So lifting up holy hands is a part of also blessing God through our worship. Another scripture, Psalm 143, starting in verse 5, it says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. And lastly, Psalms 47, verse 1. 
It says, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. I'm thankful for that. So we can, we can bring our joy in worship as well. Okay. So we're expressive in worship. I think it's interesting that most of us will be the first to, to cheer until we lose our voice at like a football game, right? If we're passionate about the teams that are playing or if we, we, we love one of the particular teams, we're shouting until we lose our voice. We're jumping up and down. We're joyful when they score a touchdown. And I think it's the same with going to like a concert and listening to a band that you love, right? You jump up and down and clap your hands. So why does it have to be any different when we worship God? If it's not weird in that environment, why is it weird here? It's not because we should even, we should be even more expressive because of who we're worshiping, the God of the universe that created everything. So you don't have to feel weird. Maybe you've never really kind of surrendered in the middle of worship. Maybe you've never been very expressive, which is okay. It's okay to be there. But can I challenge you to actually step out and worship? And you don't have to worry about the person to your left or to your right, behind you, in front of you. It's a moment. It's beautiful when we get to worship together as a community. It's beautiful. But those moments are, are for you and God as well, between you and God. So there's strength in worshiping together corporately. But also know that people aren't watching you. They're focusing on worshiping God. So there's, the pressure's off. You can be yourself, and you can actually freely worship and praise Him the way you want to. So you have that, you have that release and authority in this place that you can actually lift up your holy hands and praise Him. You can sing out for joy. You can clap your hands. You can jump up and down. Maybe dance if you want to, but just don't run into somebody. And, you know, I mean, you can, you can get excited and it's okay. So I wanted to give us a few points tonight, a few handles that we can hold on to, take away from this, this moment as we read God's word. So the first point, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. So the first point is my life as an offering is going to take obedience. My life as an offering is going to take obedience. If your life as a living sacrifice is worship to God, then it's going to take obedience. There will be fun times with God. So hear me first, that there are going to be fun times with God. It's an amazing journey, walking with God, walking through life alongside Jesus and having a deep relationship with him. It's beautiful. And he wants you to have an abundant life. And he has beautiful plans for you and plans to prosper you and to have a bright future. But can I just say that there are also going to be days where you kind of find it difficult to worship as well. And that is a reality. There are going to be times where it's a little difficult to sing out to God when things don't make sense. And I think um, a few weeks ago when we, we did, uh, we originally were doing a worship night just for the exchange, so people that were in the ages of between 18 and 30, we did a worship night. Some of you guys were there, and we quickly changed it to making it an open invite for our church, maybe anyone 
um, that would want to come. And can I just say that that night was probably the most powerful time of worship I've ever been a part of. Um, and I was up here with a team and we were, we were worshiping and we were singing louder than we ever did before. And people were in the room dealing with some real things. They were feeling sorrow. They were feeling grief. And although it was difficult, I would imagine, for some people to sing, they didn't stop. They kept going. They kept singing. And they, and they still confessed that God was good. And I think there's a lot of power in that. And that moment when we actually, despite the season that our church family has been in, Maybe some people were struggling with the fact that they've, they've lost something valuable to them in life, or maybe they lost a loved one. Whether it's grief or they're just going through a dry season with Jesus, people were struggling with real things, but they pushed through and they sang louder and louder that night. And I think there's something to be said, because when we worship God, despite our circumstance, there is power in it. And God will reveal things in worship to you. And you better believe that he can break chains, too, in worship. And um, you might not always feel like worshiping due to the current season of life we are in. But can I encourage you, you will never regret singing yourself into his presence. And forfeiting, forfeiting your own agenda and fully embracing God's plan plans for our lives. It's not always easy, but man, it's worth it. It's worth it. You know, when I, when I think of true worship, I think of the way Paul and Silas lived their lives. They were completely sold out for Jesus. There's such a shining example of living a life that honored and, and worshiped God. So Paul and Silas, in Acts 16, they're thrown into prison because they they recently, in this part of scripture, they actually casted out a demon that was in a woman that was telling fortunes. And because of that, her slave owners got upset because they were using her to make money. And once they realized that she couldn't tell fortunes anymore, the, the demon had left her, they figured out a way to get Paul and Silas in prison. So they are currently in prison for bringing about a miracle in a woman's life. And I wanted to read this, starting in verse 25. So Acts 16, verse 25, says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Verse 27, the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Verse 28, but Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Verse 30, he then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe 
in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him. I think there's something to be said about a song of worship being sung in the dead of night. They sang at midnight. They sang a hymn to God. Despite the situation they were in, despite the circumstance that they were in, it didn't, it didn't change their way of singing praises to God. It didn't change their heart response to God. They were still thankful that God was in their life. And I think there's something to be said about that. And in an instant, God moved. There was a God move that took place right before their eyes, and there was there was a sound of praise that it was the sound of praise that was the precursor to God bringing a miracle. The prison doors broke, chains broke, and decisions for Jesus were made. The jailer made a decision for Jesus. And it's beautiful. Their life was a witness to others. Imagine if they were not obedient to the call that was on their life. What would have happened? We wouldn't have the scripture to build our faith, right? It's, it's going to take obedience and sacrifice, but it's so worth it. Living a life, living our life as an offering. The sound of praise was a precursor to a miracle. And I think there's, there's something beautiful to be said about this passage, and I love it. But don't, don't ever hold back the singing to God, no matter what tomorrow might look like. If you don't have everything figured out in this current season of life you're in, it's okay. Jesus is with you through it. He's here. He's here with us. So it's going to take obedience. And number two, if you're taking notes, my life as an offering is going to take renewal. I love the second part of the passage that we read earlier in in Romans 12, starting in verse 2, gives us a practical step. So it says, do not be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So two words that stick out there. So conform, which is to fit someone else's mold. In this case, it's the world standards, right? To fit into someone else's mold. Transform is totally different. Transform is to make a dramatic change in a form, in appearance, or character. So conforming is something we do, our decision. And transforming is something that God does in us and through us, which is beautiful, I want the transforming, not the conforming. So in this pursuit of living your life as an offering or a living sacrifice, don't mimic the world's examples that lead us to brokenness and and corruption and be transformed by the renewing of your mind through Christ. We have to be on the lookout for things that might look good but are not from God. Something that feels good, something that is actually good, are two different things. 
So if we are to live a life that is pleasing to his sight and, 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 a, and a life that honors him, if we were to live a life as an offering to God, we need to figure out what is from God and what is not from God. And the biggest way we do that is by reading his word. Where are you getting your spiritual food from? Are you diving into the word? Maybe there are moments where you feel like the enemy's really trying to get at you. Those are the moments where you can actually quote scripture and you can completely disregard the enemy and like, nope, I know what the word of God says. I know what the truth says. You're a liar. This is what the truth says. And the enemy will flee. Resist him and he will flee. So we have to know the difference between leaning so much on our feelings and like this feels good, but what is actually good that's from God? I think that's so important. So we are going to have this transforming um, transforming of the, of, the, of the mind through reading the word of God and being consistent with that. But our life is an offering before God. We're meant to, to live life as a living sacrifice towards God and to a life that honors him. I want to live a life that gives him honor and praise and that glorifies him. And I want people to see something in me, a spark in me that would lead them to Jesus. So if anything, let's be inspired tonight because I wonder, I wonder what would happen if we took on the fact that worship is actually a lifestyle. Like every single day, worship is a lifestyle. So worshiping God, I wonder if we would commit to a lifelong yes to God in this place. To honor him through the the way that we live and act around others. Matthew chapter 10, in verse 39, it says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We are called to be a living sacrifice, to live life that honors Jesus, to take everything we do and place it as an offering to God. This is our true worship. We receive that word tonight. Amazing. Well, let's, let's stand together. I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to spend some time in worship. So Jesus, we just thank you that That we're not alone in this whole process, Lord, as we gain this revelation that our life is actually an offering for you, Lord, as we, as we pour out, Lord, and we, we honor you with our lives. Jesus, I thank you that you're, you're in the process, Lord, and you grow us and mature us, Jesus, and I pray that you would continue to do that with every single person in this room everyone, including myself, Lord, that we would continue to grow in our relationship with you, God. That we would embrace obedience, God. That we would embrace humble surrender. That we would starve pride and be able to just get vulnerable in front of you when we need to. Because we can receive healing in your spirit. And we surrender everything, Lord, not just parts. So I pray that you would help us with 
our obedience, God, and that you would renew our minds, Jesus. Transform our minds, God. Help us to to remember to be committed to reading your word, Lord. Meditating on it day and night, Jesus. We love you, God. Pray all this in your name. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.